Welcome to Talking with T.O.P. Podcast. Talk from a guy and his group of people from all walks of life. T.O.P. will be sharing knowledge and experiences and some great stories that might shed some insight into someone listening to help them with their own life. Don't miss out, as it should be pure entertainment with T.O.P. All right, so welcome back to episode number two um, with Talking with T.O.P., um, my second guest is my other distinguished friend, um, Mr. Steve Googs Guggenheimer, um, all the way from Montana, just recently uh, retired, what, three three years ago? Uh, less than two. Less than two years ago. Um, he lives in this little house um, up on the hill, he calls it. Um, the Petit Maison de la Prairie. There it is. The there it is. <laughs> so with uh, further delay, I'm going to let him kind of introduce himself and kind of tell you about what he's been up to uh, recently um, over the last two years during COVID and his uh, brief stint of retirement so far. Yeah, I, I always have to remind people, I'm not retired. I just retired from Microsoft. Oh, that's right. Which means, you know, the, the hardcore stuff is a little over now. Life's a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, or a lot easier. Uh, shoot, well, let's see. I, I did a good 25 plus years over here in the, in the Seattle area, mostly east side for me. So, living near Chris, the last part of it up in Issaquah, was in Woodenville, Redmond, Carnation. Uh, so, lived, lived out this way a long time. And then we got kind of lucky. We, uh, we'd always planned to move to Montana. Our kids are, you know, out of high school, same age as uh, Cameron, our daughter's same class, and our son's older. So, once the kids were gone, we'd always planned to move to Montana. And, uh, bought some land in 09, started building in 16, finished in 18, moved over there, um, I think November, December of 18, and started. I started community, I was still at Microsoft, and, you know, got a little lucky that COVID hit, and we were already out of here. Uh, it's a, Montana's a much better place to be for the last two years than, than Washington, that's for sure. You're a little isolated up there with uh, the Ted Kaczynski thing, huh? Yeah, we we always say we're naturally socially distanced because <laughs> there ain't nobody out where we are. I mean, we had we had five weeks of, of actual lockdown. This is May of 2019, and then you know slowly opened back up, and then like you know mask. You guys just got rid of mask wear on Saturday. I haven't seen a mask in over a year out there. Uh, so it's just a different place. Yeah. Well, there's not a whole lot of people there either. I there's mean, not where you're at. Where you're specifically definitely at. not not a lot of people. Um, it's nice because in the wintertime, it's quiet and go do your hunting. I always I always break it up. There's four seasons out there. The, let's see, golf season kind of May is when golf opens. So you go May till October, it's golf season. And then hunting, it's sort of September to uh, end of November, Thanksgiving is elk and deer. And then you got duck all the way to the end of January. So you got September to January hunting season. January to April's a little... Well, you get some shed hunting season. So you get a little dicey January, February, March. It's a good time to travel. So for those of you who don't know what sheds, explain sheds Oh, and then uh, people who don't know what sheds are. Then there's shed hunting before golf. Well, you go to the store and you buy a shed. That's what my sister thought. So uh, I hope that she did. She sent me a picture of a shed. Um, uh, Elk and deer lose their antlers every year. So they'll they'll shed them off and they'll regrow them. And so the horns that you can can actually go find are called sheds. And we're in a pretty remote area. There's a lot of elk. And so if you, you got to be willing to work. I mean, you, you got to be willing to go where others don't go. But if, if you're willing to go hike and hike a lot, then you, then I got a bunch of sheds up in the garage which are trophies. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still slow on a cribbage board that I was working on. And, I, and then Charlie wants a lamp. So I'm supposed to make a lamp out of it. 
these antlers. So um, there's there's some there's some. Oh, another guy wants a a hat a hat rack. So a hat rack season. That's gonna be my first. One. There, there you go. There you go. That keeps you busy. So yeah. You know that's 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 been the life of retirement for you so far, but you're also working still. So what's what's yeah. kind of what's the workload looking like it's nowadays? A, it's a nice split. I did um, you know, I did 27 years at Microsoft, and it's you can't kind of unplug from. You know, I had a lot of global interaction, um, a lot of interaction with big companies, small companies, working at scale. I mean, I was, you're you're pretty connected, so you can't unplug from that and just live uh, in Deer Lodge, Montana. You know, go work the cows and do a little construction. So I. I'm on the board for HSBC, which is, I think, the ninth largest bank, but it's a global, you know, Fortune 100 bank, uh, headquarters in London, offices in like 63 countries. Um, so I'm on the board for that, which is, a, you know, there's supposed to be 70 days. It's a decent amount of work, let's just say it that way. So what kind of role are you doing with that? Well, it's called a, it's called a non-executive director. So you have a, you have a board uh, that's, that represents the shareholders of a, of a company. So HSBC is a publicly traded company. Um, and so you're meant to be the representative of all the shareholders, not meant to be you are, and then um, you're kind of a bridge between the outside world, the shareholders and the, and the executives. And uh, my role, I've got more, I'm sort of the technology, and, you know, operating at scale kind of person on the board. There's a lot of folks that have banking background, which I don't have. Um, so that's, I'm on that board. I'm on the board for a startup out of Scotland uh, with, with buddy Peter Proud, uh, a good, good Scottish rugby player and fan. And uh, I'm on, and I'm an advisor for the 5G Innovation Lab out here in Bellevue, a couple of Microsoft leads, advisor for an AI fund. And then I just, uh, I'm working on getting on the board for Leopold Stevens. Um, so that'll get, that's coming up here. Leopold makes scopes for yeah, rifles. Yeah, rifle scopes. And uh, nice. binoculars, yeah. So I keep busy. Yeah. You know, I'll do that. And then when, when the guys need help working cows, I'll go work cows. So, well, you're also getting into real estate now, aren't you? Well, no. I mean, we have, we have a building in, Deer Lodge, which is, uh, we're going to turn it into apartments, just try saving all building. So that's kind of a, you know, what can you do to help the town you live in? And so in our case, there's an 1870s building that was basically empty. And so we're, we're helping rebuild that, turn it into apartments. We're real short on housing out where we are. Yeah. Um, it's because all you West, West Coast folks are <laughs> Everybody's relocating to Montana. Exactly. And then uh, there's some other projects with some buddies out in the area too, um, which are less, restoring old buildings just to, Kind of a little bit more of a labor love. The, re the rest of the stuff we do is like you build from scratch. It's a lot more economical, a lot, yeah. a lot better investment, as you would know. Yeah, and this is kind of weird because we've never really talked business, right? Nope. I mean, we're friends, and that's kind of funny because everybody always asks, you know, it was a what was your anniversary party? Was it two years ago? Our 25th anniversary? Yeah, when we that was three years ago. That was three years ago already. Well, let's see, this Saturday was our 20th. Anniversary. Okay, well, I don't and know. That was our 25th, so let me, let me think here. 28, 27, 26. Yeah, three years ago. So one of the big stories um, was there was there was a you know, right, wide range of people there, and everybody kept asking, how the hell do us two get together and know each other? And so that was that was kind of the one of the main topics there, and everybody kind of asked that story. So um, my version of it is we met at the gym, um, at Gold's Gym in Issaquah. He had a rugby shirt on, and... We started talking, and, and we must have met before that. I don't, I don't think so. I always, I always, you know, I went, I, I always tell people it had to be your wife. I said she picked up on a drunk at a rugby party, so I'm pretty sure it wasn't the same. <laughs> you picked up on a drunk at a rugby party. Exactly, exactly. No, it was probably the gym. I mean, I thought I'd met you before, because we used to play touch out at, at on campus. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I probably didn't meet you before that. Yeah, I think that was the first time. Um, yeah, because you had a USA rugby jersey on. 
I still have that jersey. Yeah. Speaking of the rugby jerseys. But uh, the funny part is going to see Googs in a suit uh, uh, for the HSBC uh, board meetings. Well, the best part, so the, you know, you won't see me in the board meetings, but I have <laughs> yeah. picture. So, again, I have, I have not met the other board members in person because I, I joined in 2019 with COVID. So they need these headshots, and uh, and you're supposed to fly to London to take your headshot. So I have, you'll, if you go to the HSBC page and look at the non-executive directors, there's a headshot. What happened was I, I had the suit top on. I'm in shorts down below. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack took it in my arms with my son, who Chris knows, took the picture. And so that, and then they put the background on it. So you have a very formal HSBC headshot in a suit, or a suit coat, nice white shirt, and a pair of shorts that you can't see. Yeah, for those of you who don't know um, Googs, Googs uh, did a lot of speaking for Microsoft. And when he spoke, he always had a rugby shirt on um, yeah. at many of the conferences. You can kind of speak to that a little bit more and talk about that. The well, method behind that. You know, there's always a be your authentic self kind of conversation. I did I did do a lot of speaking. And so it's fun. I, you know, I wear a rugby jersey. What happened was, um, the more, you know, when I would wear one, then I'd get feedback from people from other countries. Like, what are you doing with a Kiwi jersey on? Like, where's your England jersey? Or where's your, you know, France jersey or whatever? I'm like, oh, I don't have one. And so next thing you know, I've got jerseys from like all kinds of countries. And then it even went a level below countries to like, I have, you know, specific French teams or specific, you know, uh, England teams. I have Sharks jersey from South Africa. So I have all these, I have all these jerseys. And it'd be fun because every, every speech I do, I'd wear a different one. And when you do it long enough, no one expects us, expects me to dress nicely anymore. I don't, I'm not expected to wear a, a suit and coat, you know. So I have, I probably easy 50 rugby jerseys, lots of different countries. And when I go, so I'm going to, I'm going to London here in April. And, you know, most of the calls I'll wear, not most, but some I'll wear a rugby jersey. And I'm like, you know, when I come into the office, I don't have to, I don't have to wear a suit, do I? And uh, so I, I think they'll be okay. I'll bring a set of rugby jerseys on. I actually have one. In fact, I did one of the interviews in it. So the when the Lions toured in, I think it was, let's see, 13. It's the off year, 2011. So it's been 2013. Lions toured. They played in Hong Kong. And then they went... Uh, the Northern Hemisphere went down. I can't remember if they went. They got Australia, right? Australia. And anyway, they played their first game in Hong Kong at the stadium. I was in Hong Kong. I went to Kenny Logan was there. I was mm-hmm. there a couple heads. Oh, that was a shit night. Um, sorry, shoot night. And no, that's fine. You can swear. Um, you can swear. So at any rate, we went to the warm-up match. They played the Barbarians. And the sponsor for the Lions that year was HSBC. So I have a red Lions jersey with HSBC right across there the There you front. go. And I wore it in one of the interviews. It made the chairman of the board laugh. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> there were a lot of reasons to choose HSBC. I mean, it's, it's global. It's 200 plus thousand people, 63 countries. So you really connected into the same kind of conversations at Microsoft. But they're also a sponsor of rugby. You know, HSBC 7th in Hong Kong. If you need one of the board members to go and, and you know, represent, I'm your guy. Yeah, fact, yeah. I just, I, you know, my France is coming up. I'm like, uh, It'd be pretty good if, if uh, we did a meeting in France about October of next year. For the Rugby World Cup, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect, I know. So I would have I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at Microsoft when you started wearing rugby jerseys, speaking at these engagements. What was what was that about? Did you, know, you have any pushback or anything on that? Uh, no, you know, it, it took a while. The first, the, there was a time when I worked for the COO a time. I worked for the COO for like eight years. Who I get along with, great, good guy, and uh, but he was pretty strict, and he my dress code didn't usually fit his expectation. He uh, somewhere between the circus and I can't remember what the <laughs> conversations he used. Um, 
but I, you know, I get good ratings when I spoke. And so you can't, you can't blame it on the outfit then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, when I, I took over a part of the business called OEM, original equipment manufacturers, they were the ones that put software on computers. So HP, Dell, Lenovo, Acer, Asus, Samsung, Toshiba, Sony, et cetera, all, all the Asian groups. And they're very formal. So when I first, and it's a big part of Microsoft's business at the time. Uh, when I first started traveling to Asia, you know, I, I would suit and tie up. Um, and then, you know, you get to know the guys, you get about a year in, you get casual, you, you know, no tie, get about another year in, there's no coat. You know, by the time you're towards the end, there's, you're back to a rugby jersey or, or pretty casual. Man. Yeah. That's, it's pretty hard to do, but I, I get away with it. Now that's, it's my brand, so yeah. nobody, nobody messes with me on it. That's classic. That's how everybody knows you. I mean, besides your speaking, everybody knows you either through the rugby community or through your speaking at Microsoft. A lot of people, I should say, not everybody. But, yeah, yeah, but you know, when I started at Microsoft, there were probably, I don't know, 12,000 people in 93. And when I left, there was 140,000. Wow. And, uh, and I, you know, I managed a pretty large team, and I worked a lot externally. I, I worked on ecosystems, so partners, whether hardware or software. And so you end up knowing a lot of people. So I, I have a, there's a large set of folks I know from Microsoft, not just speaking. I mean, people see on stage that, you know, they know you and you don't know them, which is, which is always Saw that. Great. We saw that. Been witness to that in Vegas. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, you know, you, you do rugby, which is kind of unique at Microsoft. I, I got to go to all the. I was the only exec who played rugby, so I got to go to all the rugby stuff. They all the countries would invite you for World Cup or whatever. Um, well, you also put on a rugby tournament, didn't you? Or you were you helped? No, I I made it. I put it on. So for fifteen years, we when you when you're a company the size of Microsoft, we had an annual sales meeting. Um, so you know people would come from France and the UK, etc. So true story. When I we lived in the UK for a year in 0203, and they had this history of like the UK setup playing France. So I was living in the UK. So I played um, for the UK team against France. I think we did it twice. We had Will Carlin come down. Actually, two other funny stories because this has a rugby twist to it. But um, so we did this. You know, 0203, we played the UK versus France, which was a ton of fun. Somewhere I actually have like the, the hat. I don't. I don't have. A, I actually have a jersey too. Um, and I think in, when you go to school in England, they teach you some phrase like "the monkeys in the tree" or something. It's like your first French phrase. That's the, the on the back of the jersey that I have. Oh, that's it's cool. Some random. French phrase that that means nothing. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so when I came back, this would have been 03, I'm like, well, the same guys from the UK and France come to this annual sales meeting, some of them. And so we sent out notes and we, you know, Nick Bell, yeah. we, we basically put on a tournament, which was a global tournament, you know, teams from South Africa, New Zealand, US, and UK. UK, France. And we played, we tried sevens, we tried fifteens, we tried tens, we mixed it up, we do Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere. But for 15 years, we'd pick an afternoon and go play rugby. No other company, very few companies you can work for have enough people that show up from enough countries to do that, which was a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, you, you, play a, you play a serious, like, people care, but, you know, there's no, no fighting. Like, come on, we've got to go work the next day. Yeah, no one's showing up with black <laughs> did, eyes. The or... first year, that there's a guy in Japan who's a good friend who took me to the World Cup there. He put together a team from Japan and they had he didn't have a lot of players at that time. Yeah. So like the first year we put like three guys in the hospital, which was not intentional. <laughs> By the last year, he had fucking pardon me, he had, he had kids going to like you dub playing rugby for them on his goddamn team. We're playing sevens, we got smoked. Um just had, fast and quick, fast shifty. And young, and yeah. He, you know, so he, he did recruiting specifically for rugby players that you know he, he made it for the three people who got put in the hospital. No shit, they won't make it. <laughs> um, so that was just a pretty entertaining. And then I lost my train of thought. There was another part to that story. 
Well, you had it. What was it? Was it Gooks Trophy or something like that? Someone there's said. trophies around. I don't know. There's not the Gooks Trophy. There's just trophies. Okay. There's a bobblehead somewhere that somebody did as a, as a giveaway, which was uh, they, they they tried to come up with you know rugby playing bobblehead, which they found enough. But the jersey is an orange Australian jersey with the rose from England on it. I'm like, all right, because the admins did it. They didn't tell me they were doing it. So, uh, so they kind of got they it. got their jerseys confused. They yeah. thought it was Netherlands with the English rose on it. I, yeah, exactly. Oh, that was the other good story. So one of the best. So we lived in England. And uh, so they wanted to do a leadership panel. So they got um, John Eel. So the captain of Australia, this is from the, oh, oh was it the, oh. I think it was in the 90s. Was it, was it 03 or was it 99? This was John Eels, Sean Fitzpatrick from New Zealand. Um, uh, from England, it was uh, Will Carling. Will Carling. And who was, oh, and the South African. South Africa won that year. It was uh, Francois Pignon. Fran- Francois Pignon. Those were the four speakers. Oh, and, wow. And they needed two hosts. Well, they had the random American who played rugby, a.k.a. me. A guy <laughs> named Gordon Smiley. Um, and yeah, it was Matt Gordon. Yeah, I don't know if you met Yeah, Matt Gordon. I think you uh, had In L.A. I met him in L.A. Yeah. Because I have his phone, his name in my phone. For some oh, it's funny. Well, he's, at any rate, so the two of us, so these guys <laughs> show up like, I don't know, two or three hours before the, you know, rehearse. Rehearsal's nothing but drinking and telling stories. And these guys are flipping funny. I mean, they've been, they're like on the circuit. These are like your top oh, yeah. speakers. So we, we spent, you know, a couple hours drinking and then we got on stage. And I actually don't remember much of the, of the thing. <laughs> Other than it was, it was truly inspirational leadership kind of dialogue, which is just storytelling on each other. For sure. Somewhere I have a ball signed by all four of those guys. But that was, that was you talk about cool things to get to do. Oh, that's awesome. That's That's great. That was pretty funny. Nobody out of here knows that. Yeah. Yeah, that was. That was, that was in London? Yeah, I was in London in our offices, which were in TVP, Temple Valley Park. The other funny one out of there is there's, you know, Ricky Gervais, the human yeah. long time ago. So, so when, uh, so Microsoft, you know, Bill ran it, consent decree comes, you know, and Steve takes over and Steve, we're working more on values that we're trying to get a little bit more. I always say why, you know, in the early days of Microsoft, it was what you did. And yeah. I, I was really good. That was, that was like a steamroller. Um, <laughs> but then they added this stuff called how, how do you do things matters? And, uh, so they did these va- they had the, they put out values and they were trying to teach values. So they got Ricky Gervais to do a speech, you know, their celebrity speech on values. Yeah. Oh, it was his. Oh, that that should have been a shit show. It I was bet a you. completely inappropriate shit show. It was funny as hell. Needless to say, you can't find it. that video was gone off the face of the earth. Oh, I'm I saw sure. it like once, and then you know, was, and then it was like removed from all HR, removed from all internal websites. Was, I wish I I wish I had it. That's one of the truly classics that I don't I don't think it. Anybody knows where that one is. <laughs> That's buried, awesome. Buried in the ball, but it was, it was the funniest value speech I ever heard. So is that one of your most memorable mem- moments at Microsoft? Oh, What's yeah. one of your most memorable? memorable? Achievements, whatever. You know, the thing you, I did, so I, there's lots of things you remember. The things that stick in my mind, which are always fun, fun slash funnier, you know, I, I did a lot of speaking when I, when I first started, I would do demo. So I would be the demo guy for person for Bill you know, or Steve or something. Yeah. And when demos fail, those are always the funniest moments. So the, when you're, when you're on stage, there's one time I was, one time I was with Bill, we're in Vegas and we're, we're testing. Uh, oh no, the, that's the second one. The vet, the first one with, so this is early internet days. We have something called net meeting. Net meeting is a precursor to Skype, which is a precursor to Teams. You're basically over the internet talking to somebody and, and you can share your screen. So in theory, Bill can take control of my computer and show me what, to do, you know, drag the mouse around, etc. Yeah. So he had just had his first child. And so there's a big, in those, in the, there were internet conferences, which there's no longer internet, it's just part of it. But there was these big internet conferences. So I'm down in San Jose 
I'm the I'm the keynote demo. I'm actually the keynote, but I'm doing this. I'm doing a piece with Bill, and Bill's going to come in, and and so the whole the whole skit is there's a giant TV like there's a we're looking at a 12 by 12 screen. There's this giant video screen that Bill's head's going to bring a satellite Bill in, and the whole gimmick is I give him control of my computer, and the the joke is you know there's a move, picture of a moving truck, and we're working on Bill's moving houses when he's building his house, and so his joke was he's just supposed to click on the lower end of the of the truck and make it larger. And he's going to say, hey, yeah, I don't think that truck's big enough to move all my stuff. So, ha. At any rate, I'm on stage. Bill Bill doesn't rehearse. He's just had a child. He's in he's in the studios in, in Microsoft here in Redmond. And I don't think he's, I think, new baby. He hadn't slept a lot, a little grumpy. At any rate, he didn't practice. And there's a lot of latency, which means it takes a while from when you click for something to happen. Yeah. So he clicks on the corner of this picture. He's supposed to drag it and make it larger. He clicks on the corner. And nothing happens. So he clicks again. Well, he essentially double clicked. And so he opens it. Well, that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so that doesn't work. So he shuts it down. He does it again. Double clicks. And so he does it one more time. And I'm like, okay, hold on. And I take the, I take control away from him. I'm like, what Bill's trying to do is grab the corner here and extend the thing. And the, and the audience is, is just dying. Because Crying, I, just, yeah. I just basically told the CEO to go away. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Doing let, me, let me do this. Let me show you how to do this. Yeah. It's supposed to be showing the marketing guy after and uh, so the audience is dying, but Bill is flipping glaring at me. So I've got 10 feet by, you know, I don't know, 10 by 10 of Bill Gates just glaring at me for like half an hour. <laughs> well, I'm trying to talk. There's an audience out there. And from, first of all, and I'm looking at the corner of my eye, and all I see is fucking glaring at me. We did, the, we did the same demo just across the stage like two weeks later. I'm like, we good? We okay? <laughs> but all, the, all those demo moments. There's one time I'm in Chicago. This is Windows 95. So early Windows 95, they had something called Plug and Play. You could hot, you could hot dock something. Yeah. So Compact came out with these big old laptops, and the cool thing you could do was to push it into a docking station. Oh yeah, I remember that. And you know the screen would light up, the mouse, the keyboard work, all this stuff. So we're in Chicago. We've got I don't know twenty computers up on a table, and uh, uh, and uh, the way they had done it is the table's a little low, so they'd taken this you know I don't know just your pick your standard eight by ten Costco table. And they'd put it on top of like four blocks without really, and put a skirt around it so you couldn't tell, didn't tell us. So I go to push this thing in. I got, I don't know, three, 4,000 people in the audience. I go to push this thing in, and the back leg of the table comes up. And all you see is like 20 computers heading to the ground. And we're early in the fucking demo. And it's this collective quiet silence. And I catch the back of the table, and I save the thing, and I pull it back up. And, and then just the, the, the crowd erupts. You get a bunch of cheering, and then we go on with the rest of the day. But I mean, those things stick in your mind when you oh, screw yeah. up in front of a lot of people. I had a buddy. Sorry, I want to roll on that. No, let's go. So go. They, uh, it's perfect. So <laughs> Nick, this buddy of mine, Nick Parker, took over for me from OEM when I left. He, uh, we're doing this demo. We got now. You're talking about a twenty thousand person audience. You're in. This is our annual sales meeting. Him and I are on stage. This is the year I'm handing off to him. So I've been doing it for four years. And so I'm the bad guy in this one. I'm the I'm showing off Apple, and he's showing my Windows is better. And long story short is. Windows machines had come out with they, all the screens were touch, so you could touch them, and you know you can you can yeah. do the navigation using your finger. And Apple doesn't have that, and so um, so I do the. We, he's like, you can't touch this. I'm like, oh, pretty funny. So um, you know, you know the song. Doom, 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 doom. So MC Hammer. MC Hammer. So we're sitting there, and I and we practiced this beforehand. And I did the. I go to work on that. You know, use the Apple and use touch. And he goes, it doesn't work. You can't touch this. And like in front of me, music comes on. Nick. Shuffles across. He does the perfect MC Hammer. MC Hammer across 360 around back. Music stop. We just keep going with the demo. 
And there's like 20,000. That's no, awesome. Nobody know what happened. It just hit like that, like unexpected. That wasn't rehearsed? Oh, we rehearsed oh, it, but okay. nobody had seen it. And, you know, you can't touch this in front. And Nick doing the full on. Yeah, that would and, be. And then we're really serious. Like, we're in the middle of this demo. Like, <laughs> just so, That's awesome. There's lots of, there's lots of stuff like that. Those are the, those are the more comical ones. There's yeah. lots of other things. Yeah. Good memories. Do you know, the thing you remember the most that, you know, and that you feel good about is growing the next generation of leaders. Yeah. So Nick took over for me. He, you know, there, and there's a hierarchy in any company, you know, corporate VPs are sort of pretty, pretty high up the stack. There's probably 200 of them at Microsoft that 140,000 people, but I grew a couple and Nick was one and the guy in Jack Case and Kim Akers. And so you're and just growing, you know, literally hundreds, if not thousands of people over a 27 year career. Yeah. And I still keep, like when I come back here, I keep in contact with a lot of folks. You saw some Saturday. I mean, yeah. um, that's probably the thing, you know, as you get further in your career, it's that ability to help others grow and, and become the next generation of leaders and whether they stay at Microsoft or go somewhere else, that, that ability to sort of lead by example um, and help them with their career and, and go through all the things, you know, combination of life, kids, career, make it all work, you know, yeah. figure out what success means for you and, and make it happen. Yeah. No, you've always, you've always been a great guy. I mean, you're probably one of the best guys, you know, I know. I mean, super, you know, outgoing, generous i mean you and your wife both um have really been you know great to my family you know our kids get along really well our wives get along really well um you yeah know. almost too well there's kind of a yeah there, yeah but uh you know there's th those are the great things and that's why i mean i i think we've known each other i think 15 16 years now oh yeah, somewhere on there because kids uh -huh. are i think they were like yeah. fifth or like, sixth like, grade the girls know each other well if they get which is so there's you gotta be careful yeah though we lose every time yeah but you know we 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 do we've done rugby trips together oh, yeah. um we've done golf trips together yeah. you know we've done your golfing thing golf, you know yeah golf armageddon golf armageddon and yeah. you know you've you've brought a really uh big group of diverse people together um that i think would never ever be together if it wasn't kind of for you um you know yeah i i well because we're all from different walks of life you know most of us none of us oh, would, sure. i would see none of us really hanging out if it wasn't for you the linchpin to bring us together and and you know start that golf armageddon and, and get us all well, together any of those things those rugby trips i mean I, and even at you know at work i think i've been lucky i i'm a pretty good breed of people yeah and you know not everybody's meant to hang out with everybody else but if you can get a collection of people together you know in a work environment or a social environment figure out you know where it's going to click yeah a lot of good things can happen so the the some of the trips we take and the groups we have are pretty good because everybody like you said comes from different walks of life um it's a funny group yeah but and and vastly different but when you get everybody together it's just a funny shit show it's a shit show it's a shit show it's and, a shit uh, show but everybody fits into the shit show yes and you know those that don't you know they don't get called back <laughs> but that's the yeah sometimes i just have to go home early well, yeah, you always get called back. Yeah, sometimes it's the same Chris Holmberg. We're, 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 we're turning over a new leaf on that. We, we yes. That we're not going to send Chris home early. We're all going to go home early and leave more of it. For those of you who don't know Chris, and I'm sure most of the group might have traveled with Chris, Chris enjoys himself, which is good. He's got, has no fear. Um, he's, you know, he, he has a lot of manners, but the, there's no, the filter goes away after a certain point. So no fear, no filter. Um, 
And at some point, you just got to leave it because he's not going to listen to anybody. Like if we're saying, okay, Chris, time to go. We're all tired. Or, you know, we're done. We're at, maybe it's a good time to go, Chris. You know, the crowd's not so into us anymore. Chris isn't hearing any of that. He's just like he's got earmuffs on. And so you, at some point, you just leave. Chris, we'll see you tomorrow. And one of my favorite ones of those, we left Chris in a bar in San Francisco. I yes. Think, I think the stories are, are Rugby World, this, World this, Cup Sevens, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right, so we, 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 leave, we leave, we give up. We leave Chris at the piano bar. It's fun. Everybody's singing and dancing, having a good time. But we all just like, all right, I think it's 2 a.m. or 1 a.m. Cars aren't going to come anymore. So we get it. We get our Ubers and go home. Well, there's a video that shows up. I don't know when it showed up, but I got it the next morning. And it's Chris, and I think it's like 3.30 a.m. or I don't know what time it is. It's it was 4.30. It's dark outside, and the, the video's like, this is Chris Ramirez. I don't know where I am. I'm running out of cell phone. I can't get an Uber. If I die out here tonight, this will be the last video I ever send. <laughs> you guys have it, and, you know, wish me luck. I was on Survivor in San Francisco. On the next the next morning, I see the breakfast. But this, I have this, there's this classic video of I'm going to die out here in the streets, Mike. I'm out of cell service and I'm lost in San Francisco. He was like a block away, by the way, from the hotel <laughs> when he took that video. Hey, somebody said, where are you standing? He goes, such and such hotel. And they go, oh, you mean the one right there? And, and Chris made it home. But that would be a very common Chris experience. Yes. Yes. That was that was a great time. That was fun. I was super tired the next day, though, because when you travel with Steve, you have to wake up when Steve you don't have to. goes to get, breakfast. You get you left behind. That's fine. <laughs> when we were in L.A., you were like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. So, but I got out of bed. And you jumped in the pool. And Chris always won't rally. But Chris has, we, you know how people have a tipping point? In Chris's case, it's a legitimate tipping point. Like when he's done, he literally tips over and falls asleep. Wherever he is, it's just over. Yes. Like it could be on the couch, it could be in the car, it could be at the event. He's just done. Tip over. And he's out. It could be at fish camp, asleep on a oh, on the yeah, sidewalk. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's just. It, wherever it wherever, is. Wherever it is. Wherever it is. It's there, a comfortable place. There, there's the Energizer Bunny has about. I don't know, 24, 36 hour time horizon, and then it just tips over, the batteries die. Yeah. And you, we, don't, we don't usually, we'll leave him if he's awake. If he's asleep, we'll usually drag him out. Of <laughs> so him generous of you to drag me out if I'm asleep. We do. We do. Well, we could have left you at fish camp. True, true. <laughs> so tell me, um, one more, one last thing. We're here, like, you know, 30 minutes now, and, and I yep. know you got to get going. But uh, yep. tell me, what what's your plans for the next, you know, Next venture, what's, what's your plan doing now, moving forward um, in Montana um, with you and Nick and stuff like that? Are you, you, know. you know what? What I, what I tell people about is trying to get, I call it balance. What's the right balance of how you spend your time? What you want is, you know, at our age is control of your time. Yeah. So when, you know, when you work for a large company, I don't care what it is, you're, you know, and you're, you, you know, you're on their schedule. Like there's certain travel you're going to do, there's certain events you're going to do, the more senior you are, the more you're schedule is you know yeah. locked for you and you used to drive mickey nuts at it we have to plan vacations four or five months after my schedule was really you know had, had a certain rhythm to it so right now it's about balance i want to do the amount of board work that i of things that i enjoy that keep me engaged that keep my brain engaged that you know that allow me to sort of do things i want from a work perspective and then have enough time to go do the things i want which is a combination of travel you know my three seasons of of hunting, shed hunting, golf, um, you know, do the stuff there. I want to be able to have the time to have my buddies out there if they need help, you know, working on working construction or cattle or whatever. Yeah. So I want I want to have balance and time. And I'm in a pretty good spot. I mean, I'm kind of dialing up one more board, the loophole board, and I might drop some other things. But it's it's just getting that balance right and then, you know, getting yeah. the travel right and 
you know, doing enough where Nikki wants to come along with some of it, and, you know, she gets the things she wants to do, and I do things I want to do. So that's the yeah. balance in life. Yeah. Because I know, I know it was probably tough for you because, yeah, I mean, your job was so big. You had a big job at Microsoft. You were gone all the time. You know, you were always travel, yeah. travel, 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 yeah. and then all of a sudden it kind of just came to a grinding halt, you know? <laughs> just at the right time. Yeah, you know, during yeah. COVID, right? Yeah, just you know. in Montana. Now travel's starting to pick up again. What I want to do, for example, is I want to travel heavily in, you know, February, March, part April, which we're doing. Yeah. And then in the summer, I want to be in Montana most of the summer because that's, that's, that's time, the best time there. You know, so you, uh, that kind of control of your schedule and time is what you're after. And yeah. Getting the balance right of, of how, how you run your life. True, true. Anything else you want to say? No, I mean, I wish, you know, I wish you a ton of luck on the, the podcast. This is a truly new leaf for Chris. This is the, uh, you know, combination of the creative side. The social side's always there, but you get that creative out there with a little bit of something new, a new venture, and he's got yeah. nice microphones here. You guys would be impressed. And yeah. They're, they're brand new. Um, so, no, I think I think it's a good good opportunity. I appreciate it, you know. Of course, having man. Having me over to chat. Of course, you you got a lot in that brain there, so oh, I figured no. you would be a good guest. And a lot of empty space. You got some good stories, and, and we've lived a lot of great stories. And you know, you you were free to share whatever you wanted Wait, to about me, and I, I'm limited on what I can share about you. So. I left it reasonably good, <laughs> uh, as it should be. Yeah, I'll have, we can do other stories next time. For sure, for sure. Right, well, thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming by. All right, we'll see you. TOP out. Goose out. <laughs>